Welcome to the Project Future Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Valentine, and this is the third section of the master episode about nonprofits. That episode ended up being almost five hours long, so I'm releasing each section as its own episode for your convenience. This episode is all about resources that are not money, so not funding-related resources. All right, so this is the third section, and this is going to be all about non-funding related resources. So that goes anywhere from office supplies to um, clothes, food, like honestly anything that you would need to run your nonprofit in any capacity. I recorded uh, this next section before I recorded anything else, so it's kind of as if I was doing uh, like my notes. But I decided to include it because I think that I was pretty in the zone when I did that. Uh, So excuse the background noise and some of the choppy editing because I am not an editor. But I really do think that the information that I had in there is going to be useful for what I'm about to lay out right now. All right. So if you're listening to this as its own section, this is one out of five sections for an entire master episode about everything that nonprofits need to succeed. I believe that the most or at least one of the most prevalent problems in the nonprofit world is that we don't ask enough or we don't ask in the right way or we don't ask the right people to help us on our mission. I think that a lot of nonprofits, obviously not all of them, but a lot of the ones that are struggling, because that's who this episode is for, um, they're relying on public donations and donations like from the public, so like individuals or places that are also struggling. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I understand how we got here. I I also believe that... A lot of the problems that we're trying to solve as nonprofits, most of the time, stem from corporate greed. So I figure, why not let them be a part of the solution? Basically, what this means is that we're going to involve them in how we structure our donation process. We're going to focus less on begging and focus much more on creating a sustainable resource for the people that we serve. Because if you look at how we do it now, if a nonprofit were to ask a for-profit company for a donation, it's usually like a one-time thing. Like, hey, could you cater this event? We're doing a fundraiser or we're doing some kind of donation drive. And it's usually like a one-time situation. And although the one-time donations can help, they are not sustainable. And as I went over in the last section to do with money, I also believe that every nonprofit should have a for-profit uh, sister company that kind of supports and stabilizes the nonprofit. So provides all or most of the things that they need to actually carry out their mission. So if you want to hear exactly how I would recommend you do that, then go to the second section to do with money. But let's say that, at least for now, you don't have a for-profit sister company and you don't plan on doing that ever. So you need another option. Right now, uh, on the board, I have collab with as many nonprofits and for-profits as possible. And my idea for that is basically like, um, 
one the hub so like you do want to have one central place for like all food all clothes all whatever so like school supplies or whatever it is you want to have one central hub and then you distribute it evenly um so it's not like when people talk about like the good goodwill um, they mean the one in the richer side of town, like a better tax bracket, because you're going to find better clothes, you're going to find name brand stuff, and things like that. And then if you go to your own neighborhood, it's not, it's going to be the same clothes that you would donate there. So <laughs> it's not going to be that helpful. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the food as well. So like, you want to make sure that there is no real favoritism. And then another reason why you also want to have a hub for everything like that's for your locations, but as well as other similar nonprofits. So like all of the food pantries or all of the places that accept clothes donations would also evenly distribute. So you erase the idea and like the pressure of competition because part, a lot of the marketing and nonprofit goes to basically donate to us and not them. And if you guys had a central hub, um, then that wouldn't be the issue. It would be, hey, if you have anything donated here, because ideally, like, there would be a hub or, like, multiple hubs for, um, everything. So, like, if you want to donate anything, so, like, clothes, food, uh, hygiene stuff, school supplies, um, medical supplies, anything, um, there ideally would be, like, a one central place for that, and then it gets distributed, uh, wherever, um, it is needed um because that would be ideal because you don't want the consumer to or not the consumer you don't want the donator to have to worry about what goes where because there's a lot of stuff that's thrown away that could be recycled so like obviously to recycle plants but like let's say um uh like fast fashion is an issue um and it takes so much water to uh, produce even like a single pair of jeans. So if everyone were to donate their clothes that even you could not sell at a thrift store, uh, then they would send it to like, um, you can do two things with this. Like, um, like a conservation kind of nonprofit could send that to, um, a manufacturer that breaks down all the textiles and then makes them into recycled clothing. And then, um, they could, Depending on how you put this, um, the manufacturers um, would kind of be the middleman, but like the companies, that's how you would make your money. So like, because you want to have a for-profit, non-profit. So like, that's how um, a, like an energy conservation place could get profit is basically sell the recycled clothes. The issue with this is that there would be like manufacturing costs in between. Um, or you could just send it to the manufacturer and they deal with all of that. Um, but they also would get all the profit. So like you're basically donating free material to them. Um, but that's okay because all you want to do is make sure that that stuff actually gets, um, repurposed. Um, also another thing with that, I just always go on a tangent, but like, um, if you are in the, con like in fashion conservation or in environmental conservation or anything like that then when you donate it, you can also have like a requirement that they take like a certain amount of apprentices so more people can learn how to break down a textile and how to make the machines and design the machines and how to work the machines and things like that. Like that could be the thing that you get out of it and then you send people who want to do stuff like that um, to them and then they train them and then they're out. Um, that would actually be a really good idea. 
and it would broaden like the ability for people to do that so um back to what's on the board because most of that is on the board because <laughs> the only thing i read from the board was so far was collab with uh as many nonprofit and for-profits as possible the other side of this uh so like that's collabing with for-profits because the manufacturing company is um more than likely going to be a for-profit company and um the other thing you do with this is you want to uh like structure out your offer menu and you want to come at it like if we could fix every single problem for this person what would that look like and you want to kind of suspend uh like disbelief you want to suspend like um lack mentality in this like imagine resources were abundant and there was nothing in your way you had all of the money all the resources all of the volunteers everything you need what if you would solve like your company or your nonprofit or organization were to solve every single problem that this person has because yes you might be focusing on the food but you also know that they have um, like housing problems or they might need a job or whatever the situation is like you know that they have more than one problem and you like you're specializing in one but just imagine for this part that you have um like you basically mapped out all of the issues that they would face and that they complain about or that they worry about or whatever because what you're going to do here is you're not going to solve them all <laughs> that's not where i'm going with this um what you're going to do is you're going to collaborate with someone who is already solving that like each single problem so like transportation issues or um they tend to have their shoes for way too long and like snow gets in them um like something like that like you're gonna have literally every single issue that um people uh in this circumstance would f would face so like if they're coming to you for food uh because your food pantry they're in poverty so like what other things are they gonna have to deal with in poverty and like transportation is a big thing and like there's a lot of issues so like basically do like a whole tree of their worries and we call that like a worry tree and um, what you're gonna basically do here is um, you're gonna find either a nonprofit that is willing to collab with you on this. So like it would be easy to find like someone who's already doing food um, or uh, clothes donations so they can get a coat and they can get new boots and things like that. But then for other things, so for example, like an umbrella, there is not really a place like a nonprofit that will specialize in something like that. So what you're going to do instead is you're going to go to a for-profit, um, ideally a local one or one that is very open to working with nonprofits. And what you're going to do here is you're basically going to... Um, ask for a donation so you're gonna let them know like hey we usually have like let's say um 50 people come through the food pantry every day and it rains a lot here so like if you're in seattle or um like i've been to a food pantry and sitting in line um they had to give um like my sister had an umbrella when we were in line but it was cold because we're in wisconsin and um there was an old lady who they had to give a box to because she was cold and she didn't have an umbrella and she had to stand out there and there was no awning or anything to protect us from the rain so um so what i would recommend for them would be that they go to like a for-profit company that again is open to that or is like if you talk to them they're 
they're willing to donate because it's a tax write-off for them and it looks good it'll look good for their marketing if they do stuff like that so like you would just basically tell them like hey we like for us especially during like the pandemic and things like that people have to be spaced out and that means there can't be as many people inside so we tend to have a line outside and you know how it rains here so often or it snows or whatever uh we're just looking uh for donations for umbrellas and if you know any other company that is willing to help with that that would be amazing because it doesn't necessarily have to be a local one so just say like um if you know of any company at all and then you also are going to build a relationship with that company because you guys are going to keep in contact and then they're also going to say hey well if you guys are having issues with rain um do you also want some boots we have boots and we have umbrellas and sometimes you would just have to because i've done this like i've literally been in a nonprofit. um when i was working from uh, milwaukee urban gardens um I would literally call up like a sandwich place, like a local sandwich place, like one that like was close enough that I could walk to um, and just say, hey, I'm from Milwaukee Urban Gardens and I like my position is this. I forgot exactly what my position was, but it was like um, something coordinator, like uh, donations coordinator. You can also just say you're the donations coordinator and like they don't, they don't fucking know. Um, you just sound important. <laughs> um and you let them know, like, we're actually just, like, two blocks away from you guys, and we're going to do an event uh, for, um, like, we're going to do a fundraising event, or we're going to do an event where, like, we're teaching everyone how to garden in a school, and you give them, like, the, the demographic that you're serving, right? And um, do not guilt trip them in this moment. Like, that is not the way you want to go. Do not have any kind of entitlement when you do this. Just say stuff like... Um, uh, no pressure at all, but um, can we speak to the manager or whoever we could, who can make a donation decision? So, like, assume that they already do donations and um, that they're already open to it. Because a lot of times, like, uh, the person who has that uh, authority, like, you just say, like, hey, someone's calling for a donation. Because I've also been on the other end of that. Like, when I worked at Panera, uh, people would call about donations and catering and stuff like that. And we would just hand it to the manager and they're like, okay, yeah, we do X amount of donations. But if you're on the side of, like, asking for the donations, you just call up. Like, I called up um, uh, a local sandwich place and uh, what was the other place? Just some local food places that you wouldn't think um, does donations at all. And then they just send you over, like, a tax-exempt form and then um, you just fill it out and then you let them know what day because usually this will look like a catering uh, situation. So they basically are donating their catering services and so they would come and they would bring all the sandwiches and the chips and the drinks and then you don't have to do anything um other than to fill out the form and make sure you know all that gets uh, squared away and then you give them the date and the time and the place and then they just show up and they just cater so yeah uh there's a lot of places that actually do have something in place for that even if they don't market it so if you just call up like all the the places that like you could walk to or if there's one that like a lot of people love in your city so like a local favorite um or or like i said earlier that you know already is donating things it's like you've seen them do something similar um you just call them up and just say like hey i'm the donations coordinator and um uh i was wondering like, can I speak to the to the manager, whoever handles donations? And then the person on the phone, because the person on the phone is most likely, uh, like, a minimum wage worker or, like, a cashier or something. Um, they're just going to hand it to the manager, and then they'll say, I don't know if we do donations, and then they'll get back to you on that. Because sometimes they'll just have to call the corporate or they'll call the owner or whatever. And then they'll be like, yeah, we definitely do donations. Because, like, uh, 
just inform them like i mean it's tax free it's it's pretty fun or whatever the situation is right and then it'll give them like uh free press when they uh um like cater something or when they give away free like let's say they're going to give away um like 100 umbrellas they're they get to use that now <laughs> and sometimes they'll get like actual press like the actual like news um channels will like local new channels will come over and say like oh my god you're donating 500 umbrellas to the food shelter because they need it because it's gonna rain um a bunch of times and they see this many people so like this will hold them over for like two weeks um or whatever situation is and then they'll also get out that you're accepting those kinds of donations because a lot of people don't know that um like just because you're a food pantry doesn't mean you only accept food um or volunteer time so uh, that will actually help all of you in this situation handle that. And then if you're like, let's say, um, uh, something else, so like if you're school, like that'll uh, really help if you're school, you're gonna actually get a, a significant amount of press. Um, or if like, let's say you do like vocational assistance. So like you help people get jobs, do resumes, things like that. Um, you can call like Staples and ask for good paper for the resume. So like that gets expensive over time. Um, so like office supplies and things like that, uh, call and ask if like Staples or something like Staples will uh, give you free paper because you're a nonprofit or whatever and they can just write off in taxes. Cause it doesn't have to be, you know, for the person that they're giving it to. And it's also office supplies like for your your paperwork. So it doesn't have to be given to the person needing the services, um, but you also should be doing that. Uh, people tend to say yes more for that. Um, and then if you're like, let's say like, um, you do like activism, like for people's rights. So getting um, people out of jail that shouldn't be in jail. Um, something like that. You can do the same thing. So like office supplies, cause you do need that. Or if let's say, um, uh, you're doing like a marketing campaign or you're doing like every nonprofit should be doing campaigns and things like that. So like, let's say you need a graphic designer and you can't find one, um, because you're, you're either offering not enough, um, and you can't help that because that's all you get in your grants. Um, or, uh, you just don't know how to like go about that, right? So you would go about that by basically asking people, um, personally I would do uh, like uh, a contest in this situation. Like if it's specifically for graphic design, like a one-time thing, just say, look, this is what we're doing and then um, you need to offer something like good for them. Um, it depends, like, what can you give for free to them that they would want in exchange for doing, like, some kind of graphic design work? Because it doesn't have to be someone who is trained in graphic design. As long as they do something that is uh, within what you, like, your vision for this campaign. You know what I mean? Um, so, they're donating their time, technically. So, like, they can write that off as volunteer. Um, so, like, a lot of students, this would be very good for students, um, so they can get, like, credits and things like that. Um, that is actually a really good place to start. Um, and then people in grad school or on, uh, in college. So, like, if you collabed with, uh, like, a university and you're like, look, we're going to... Uh, we're going to actually have a lot of campaigns, but we want to do a trial run and then um, basically like figure out how to offer credits 
or to do a contest for the students and then that can be in their portfolio like basically they make an assignment or um, extra credit or something like that and you reap the benefits for that <laughs> or again you can do a contest and then whoever is like really good at it then you're gonna hire them like permanently and or do an internship or something uh well it can't be an internship because you're not really technically teaching them anything so i don't know you offer them a job um that's a really good one uh so yeah and then also like if you do something like that like a contest uh for students then make another part of it is like um the university puts that like whatever the students make they kind of push that to all of the their the people that they're collabing with so like the city and um all of the businesses attached to the university and all of the organizations attached to the university they basically are going to do like an amplification of the campaign with all the winners so all the winners are going to get a shit ton of eyes on their work and they might get a job just because they were featured um so they're going to try their hardest <laughs> and they're going to give you really good stuff. Same with like web design and things like that. Uh, you can also like, because uh, I also use work for a marketing company that did graphic design and web development and stuff like that. Uh, call them, ask them like, hey, is there any way you can donate uh, like webmaster services? Because we don't do anything like that. We actually, we're a crisis shelter and we have no idea how to do that, but we need a working, functional, aesthetically pleasing website so people can actually get the resources that we need them to get and um, so they can navigate it correctly and things like that. Is there any way that you can offer those services? And a lot of them have never heard of that before and they'll do it. And they'll say, yeah, like, that would be awesome. I mean, we can knock that out in a week. And they'll feel really good about it. Sometimes, like, people just feeling good about something is the way to go. Also, they can write it off on their taxes. <laughs> oh, okay, so, like, emergency relief. I know that they're, like, for some of them, there's, like, a stockpile. There's, like, a government stockpile. Because, like, I do want this to go more than the United States. Like, I know that there's nonprofits all around the world. Um, I don't know the laws everywhere, and I don't know how it, it works for everyone. But, um... What I do know is that there tends to be like a stockpile of uh, like medical supplies and then um, like food and things like that that the people are going to need in case there's like a hurricane or um, a natural disaster or something goes wrong. Uh, but you can also source this from people and you can source this from like you can collab with another nonprofit that already has food. Um, or blankets or whatever you're going to need and then uh, do the same thing that I just said for like just call up a bunch like build your stockpile throughout like the whole time and call up you know like Target and Walmart and all the local companies and businesses even the local ones uh, like the little ones um, and just say look we're just building up our stockpile um, and then you guys would be named in the like uh, supporter section or something like that like you get a badge or you get something on your window that says like we donated uh to like for example like hurricane maria uh, relief efforts something like that like make them a sticker something they can uh like put on their business as well as they can put on their website and things like that because they just want to like boast about it they just want like some kind of um trophy right so they want something to show other people and um Make sure it's aesthetically pleasing. And again, you can do a contest with students for this or you can put it out to your email list and just say, we want to create uh, a new sticker 
and um, the best design, I don't know, I don't know, get something. <laughs> um, you'll figure it out. And then um, for the stickers, so like you're like, oh, well, we'll have to pay for the stickers. Again, call up a company that does stickers and um, ask them if they're willing to do it for free. If you call enough, one will say yes with nothing in return other than it's for a good cause. Um, <laughs> like you actually be surprised at how often if you call someone and ask them um, to donate, they're already they're already gonna say yes. Like you don't even have to ask them anything. Like the script that you have or everything you were gonna offer them or bribe them with or whatever, they don't, you don't even need it. They're gonna do it because they're a good person and um, this is a good cause. Uh, yeah. So like honestly, just this is why you sh you do your worry tree and you do like your offer menu and all that stuff because. If you know that this person is dealing with other things, then you can at least point them to that person or that uh, organization or whatever. Even if that organization doesn't end up working with you, then um, they can still be a reference. Like, hey, I know that you need boots. We don't have any here. But if you go to this place at this day, at this time, um, I know that they offer free boots. Um, they only have 100 a day, so get there early or something like that. Like, you want to make sure that you're solving their problems for them um, and taking care of them because you don't, like, you don't want to leave them hanging. And this is why you need to structure it out. And this is honestly why I think there should be a whole hub. But um, this is why we do that because you don't want to just say, oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't give you any booth because you're going to feel bad about it. And they're going to be like, oh, this is useless. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but if you, the more that you can help them, the more that it'll feel stable for them. And that's what you want. You want them to get out of, like, food insecurity and, like, housing insecurity and things like that. And the way that you do that is more than just handing them a meal every month or, like, a, a box of groceries every month or something. It's much more than that. It's much more complex than that. And not everyone knows that. And, um, but you know that. <laughs> Uh, same thing with animal shelters, like people love to donate to animal shelters, um, especially if it's a no-kill shelter, a lot of toys, things like that, or whatever that you need, just let your people know what you need. So like animal shelters, uh, people volunteer their time as long as they get to look at or pet the pets. Um, same with like physical space, because uh, I know that one issue that... Um, animal shelters have is just space like there's just so many animals that need to be rescued and there's not enough space especially for them to play around um, things like that some people will actually even donate like whole buildings like call a construction company um, or real estate company or anything like that just just it's a, it's it's like um, uh, what is the phrase basically like it's all about the numbers, so like if you or the volume, like you call enough places, someone's gonna say yes, or they're gonna point you in the direction of someone who say yes. So just call a bunch of places and just basically say like, look, uh, we have too many dogs um, for the space that we have. Is there any way, um, like, can I speak to whoever does donations? And they're gonna be like, donations, like we're a real estate company, and then you're like, cool. Um, anyone who's ever looking, like, basically point people in our direction if they're looking to do something about this. So, like, uh, someone who wants to give away their house when they retire or whatever. Um, there's a lot of people, because, like, the crisis shelter that I worked at was donated by someone. 
Um, like it was a house, it was a huge house and they donated it to the crisis shelter so women could have a place to stay when they're in crisis. So people donate things like that too. Like people, I know that a lot of people in nonprofit, um, believe that people only donate like expired food or ugly clothes or whatever, but that's not always the case. Like people genuinely want to help just show them different ways that they can help. Um, so like I said, uh, call like construction companies, things like that. And just say like, Hey, are there any properties that we can use in the meantime that you just aren't selling for some reason? Like if you have a warehouse or uh, a house or anything like that, because um, that also helps them. Like if it's a house, like imagine you go buy a house and they're like, oh, this was used as a dog shelter for a while. Like if you love dogs, like that could be a bonus. Um, and they know that. But also like crisis shelters, you can have like uh, people will donate therapy. People will donate... Um, uh, like experiences because like scratch shelter I worked at were women and children so uh, like call up um, I don't know because I know like the museum has free days and things like that but maybe like call up the museum or call up uh, like the zoo or something like that and just say hey is there any way you can donate like a whole day or like a whole afternoon or a whole morning for just the kids that go to the cri- that are in the crisis shelter um that would be amazing you know what I mean and also other experiences like um like a theme park like stuff that the kids actually want to do and things like that and then you can also call up like local ice cream place like hey is there any way you could do like an ice cream bar for our kids because um I don't know they've been here for three months or uh it's about to be the middle of summer or it's Christmas or whatever like call up places and a lot of times you're just telling them that it's for kids in Christ shelter they will say yes. Like, no matter what you ask for, they'll say yes and they'll, they'll add stuff. They'll be like, oh, you only want ice cream? No, we're going to give you a bunch of food. And um, you know what? We're also going to donate every single month or every single week. We're going to do all the donations. Uh, like, we're going to give you hot food, like, once a month or uh, once a week or whatever. And we're going to come through and we're going to add to your donations or whatever. And I'm going to get my three buddies who also own restaurants to do the same thing. Like, you just don't know what people are going to do. When you ask for help. Also, I'm not sure how Habitat for Humanity gets their materials for building houses. And honestly, their business model or their their structure, their nonprofit model is really good. <laughs> uh, for the most part, I don't know what I'd recommend for them. But I do, again, wonder where they get their materials from to build the houses and for the equipment because I volunteered with them before and it is so streamlined and there's so many things to use like it's really professional honestly and um the only thing I would like depending on where they get their stuff currently I wonder um either for them or like if you are like a smaller version of Habitat for Humanity because I know that they cannot um be everywhere all at once so if you're a nonprofit that deals with something similar for like building houses or even doing like reconstruction, um, stuff like that, then uh, what I would recommend for you is that you go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards or anything like that or even like a local place and ask if they can donate tools, like even a tool belt, uh, some lumber, anything like that. Uh, go to lumber yards, go like directly where the materials are and ask for uh, donations of any size. Ask them if they know anyone who also um, has other materials that you might need or can donate uh, like 
their services, like a plumber or an electrician, something like that. Like, I do know that um, that's most likely a part of what they do. But maybe, like I said, for the smaller ones, maybe you're paying an electrician to do that or a plumber. Um, just start asking them if they're willing to donate it to do some, like, pro bono work. Um, as well as if you go to the junkyard, don't get the stuff from the junkyard, but ask uh, the people who operate the junkyard if there are people or organizations or businesses, whatever, that consistently donate or like drop off a bunch of good materials that you could use. And then just ask like if you can get in contact with them or if whenever they come through, just like point them in your direction, stuff like that. That would actually probably be the only thing, the only advice I can think of for Habitat for Humanity. All right, thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check out the Project Future social media. So Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Just search Project Future with two Ts. Please share this episode if you got any value from it. And check out my other two podcasts, which are Psych Chica. So Psychology Chica. That's where I share personal stories. You can get to know me a little bit better. And the other one is Manifest and Chill. Manifest and Chill. And that's where we get a little spiritual. Again, thank you for listening.